right, what is going on? We are live with the Painless Flipping Podcast. I have uh, an awesome guest with me today, Michael Guthrie. How are you doing today? Fantastic. How are you, Nathan? Oh, man, today has been hectic. It's been a hectic day. You know, I, I was telling you before we got here, my charger uh, went out on me, and I had 3% left on the laptop, so I had to run and go grab it. But, you know, things happen like that. No problem. Absolutely. Life, life sometimes gets in the way of progress. It does. It does. But we got to keep going. So, Michael, it's a pleasure having you on here. For uh, brand new listeners that are on here, the goal of this podcast is so you can learn from other investors so it doesn't have to be a painful journey. This is Nathan Payne. We call it the Painless Flipping Podcast, where we want to take away the pain from you trying to figure out everything yourself. So we got Michael Guthrie. He has a bunch of experience in the real estate industry. And tell us a little bit right now, Michael, what, what are you focusing right now on right now in the real estate industry? Right now, I'm focusing on uh, multi multi-family investments for tax uh, eradication. I'm also focused on triple net leasing, and I'm also doing some hard money lending, and I'm also uh, investing in top line, uh, top line investing with uh, an equity kicker kind of uh, opportunities. Dang, you know what word that just caught me that you said is tax, did you say eradication? Is that what you said? Eradication. I haven't oh paid God. federal income tax for the last three years based on my multifamily investing. Oh my dear. Well, let's talk about that. I think people that are brand new <laughs> or experienced all want to know how you can not pay taxes. How's that, how does that happen? That's uh well, the interesting piece was, is I was, I actually owned and operated a huge ATM company across the United States and we were getting beat down in taxes. And about four years ago, I uh, went to a seminar. I got introduced to multifamily and learned that the K-1 losses against multifamily would go against my active income. So I became a real estate professional. My wife took over ownership and operations of the ATM company and all of my K-1 losses through cost sagging the properties um, allowed us to write, write that uh, those K-1 losses off against our active income, which reduced our taxes to less than uh, zero. Oh my gosh. How did that feel when you, you didn't have to pay taxes? <laughs> It was huge because I was paying uh, mid to high six figures uh, for about the last 15 years. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if you had learned that strategy earlier <laughs> of the cost? Oh, my gosh. The whole uh, strategy to mitigate or eradicate the taxes, if I'd have learned it earlier, how much further ahead would I be today? And so I, we're actually making it. It's actually been my mission to bring this to as many people as possible and how to eradicate taxes through wow. investing in alternative investments like multifamily or triple net leasing. Dang, why? Uh, well, I guess, how many people do you think are getting rocked right now with their taxes when they could just buy multifamily? Do you think there's there must be quite a few? <laughs> it's it's huge. Um, typically, um, it is a majority of the audiences that I actually get in front of. And I've been asked to speak at a number of different events. I've speak at some family office events also. And uh, it's always interesting once you explain that you were paying mid, mid to high six figures in taxes and now you don't pay anything you just get bombarded when you walk down off of the stage from a 15 20 minute talk on how they can apply that to their own life and their own strategy so tell me about that you get bombarded Do, what are you able are you able to send them to like a website or send them to something where they can learn how, what's the the call to action right there when they come to you well the call to action is I, i'm look, it's looking to collect their email and i will start sharing with them the different strategies and the different ways we invested to actually make that work for us and if we have opportunities for them to invest in to get the same kind of a k1 loss opportunity that's great otherwise i'll turn them over to other people that i and know in the industry and trust that they're going to do a good job with their their be good stewards of the money and get them a decent K-1 loss for investing their capital. Wow. So 
do you have to be at a certain like uh, bracket of like uh, what you make earning potential like before you can get all, your taxes zero or can anyone do it depending on what they invest? And it, it's all about where, where you're investing your dollars and how your how your tax uh, CPA is helping you to offset your taxes with the K-1 losses. And I bet there's a lot of tax accountants and CPAs that don't even know about like don't well I know I used to have a tax person they never recommended that to me so I'm sure that's uh not a lot of I did too and the interesting part was he was my neighbor he lived two doors down and then I got involved in this and I shared with him my first my first deal and he goes oh that's been getting a lot of traction for the last 10 years (laughs) wow Like, he got on, fired. Man. Yeah, yeah. Come on, bro. I, he used to bring me the ideas. I shouldn't be bringing him the ideas to save me taxes. That's why he's, I hired him. Yeah, that's why when you realize you're the wrong, the wrong who, right? You got the wrong who. For yes. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's amazing. So you got you said you got into real estate four years ago. Is that is that right? Well, I had uh, I got into uh, single families probably about 20 years ago and owned seven single family rentals for about 10, 12 years. Then I 1031 those into five rentals. And then over the last four years, I eliminated all of those and put it all into multifamily. Hmm. And when I learned multifamily, that's how I, it's not really worth doing cost segregation on one single family home hmm. at a time. There's the, the cost is just not the cost. It's not cost. Uh, advantageous to do it. So when I learned learned about it in the multifamily side, I thought about going back and doing it on my single families, but it just wasn't cost effective. So you have to have a lot more, you have to have a, a few more doors to make it cost effective. Like a, a fourplex or larger, you could actually make it worth your, your time to cost seg that out and take the depreciation. Is What makes that the case? Why is that true? Is it the price point? It's the amount of things that you can actually uh, write off immediately. Okay, Anything gotcha. one to 15 years, you can, you can actually write that all off in year one. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I know about that. So is it because there's like more windows in a multifamily, more bathrooms, more, more things that need to be repaired, more doors, more floors, more, more yeah. sinks, more cabinets, you name it. There's washers and dryers. There's all sorts of more opportunities Got to, it. uh, write more things off. What's the downside to writing off everything in the first year with cost segregation? There's, is it if you have to sell it within five years, you get you get hit with those taxes if you you sell or something like that. If you if you sell it too quickly, you have to recapture mm-hmm. a portion of that, or or if you sell it like in a year, you're going to recapture most of it. So the longer the longer you hold it, and the typical hold time for a multifamily investment is three to five years, maybe seven. Mm-hmm. So then you're not recap, you won't recapture as much because you more of it will actually get written off over the time period. So it's better to hold them a little bit longer. And I, I see people mm-hmm. actually they they've gotten into it and they flipped them in 14, 18, 19 months. But the profit was so high. Mm. that it made it worth the flip right. to return uh, huge returns to the investors. And then they can also take those earnings, put them into another in- investment and keep kicking the can down the road. It's similar to a 1031 exchange, but it's a K-1 loss where you're not actually, you're not defined by a timeline to find a new property. You have until the end of that calendar year to find a property. Love it. Wow. This is an amazing strategy. So for people that are brand new to investing, they're like, wow, I'm just trying to get my first deal or my first flip. But is there is there a time where you're like, hey, don't wait, get started now. Is there? Would you have any suggestions for new investors about this strategy? The, the only thing that has made me so mad is I didn't know about it sooner or I had went bigger faster. Okay. Um, so as soon as, the sooner you can get your dollars invested, making money while you're doing your flip or your uh, whatever you're doing to make money. That way your money over here is making money, you're making money. So you have two sets of elevation in your net worth. 
So I say sooner rather than later to get your money working for you. So for example, if you're raising money, let's say I you need a million dollars and 10 people give you 100,000, right? When you do the cost segregation in the first year, do those people that gave you their money, the private money, do they get the the benefits of Everybody the, uh... gets an yeah, 100%. You're absolutely right on that, Nathan. Okay. Everybody gets a pro rata share. So if we have 10 people and we raised a million dollars and everybody put in 100 100 grand, everybody gets 10% of what the depreciation schedule is. And it's typically between 70 to 90% of the cash you put in the deal you can take in year 1. Wow. So that's that's one of the plays you do, correct? Like you raise m money and then you uh, you invest it. Pe people give it to you and you invest it in uh, multi units, right? Multifamily. Correct. Do you do anything other than multifamily? Do you do like uh, assisted living or anything other than that? I have not gotten into assisted living, storage, or anything of that nature yet. I have gotten into some triple net leasing, and with that, those are more cash flow plays. Okay. And we they've been great because we're actually paying cash for the whole asset. Like we just bought a Starbucks three months ago for $2.2 million. And that thing's returning 5% cash on cash month over month. And we're going to get about a 30% K1 loss on that. The loss is going to be less because we're not leveraging the property. Mm -hmm. So we, we've raised all the money. So we're only going to get a certain percentage of the, uh, of the down of the K1, but it's still it's a that's a cash flow play. So you're, those are five year typically five to six year holds because most of the time they're on a twenty year triple net lease that increase ten percent every five years. So buying now a little bit uh, higher cap rate and you're hoping the caps go down over the next five years with interest rates. So then when you go to sell, it increases the value of your property. So you actually get a great upside while you've gotten cash flow along the way. Hmm. So let me ask you a question. So when you said you bought a Starbucks, did you buy the building that houses the Starbucks and they're and they're renting it out to Starbucks or did you get a franchise? Like is it so different? So Starbucks doesn't franchise. Starbucks owns okay. everything, all their own built all their own stores, but they own no land and they own okay. no property. So we bought the land and the building. Got it. And Starbucks is on a 20 year lease with us. Okay. So they're the, I'm not sure if I understand triple net lease per perfectly. So forgive me if I'm saying this wrong, but you're basically leasing it to Starbucks. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And unless Starbucks corporate nationwide goes under, we get paid our rent every single month. Wow. I don't think they're going under. <laughs> no, there. I don't. I don't believe so. Starbucks is is sexy, and we had no problems filling up that two and a half million. We just did another one. It's called uh, the Learning Experience. They have four hundred and fifty stores, wow. and it took us a little bit longer. But the uh, the return on your capital instead of being like five percent, it's going to be like six and a half percent. Took us a little bit longer because nobody really knows what the learning experience is. It's a parochial yeah. school for kids. And so um, we just finished a raise on that. We raised a little bit over $6 million. We paid cash for that asset. And uh, we closed on that one on the 16th or 17th of this month. And we're actually doing a distribution this week of almost $20,000 of the second half's month's worth of the rent that we just got paid. That's amazing. Uh, so with uh, when you're raising capital, do you have a cap on like the lowest amount people are allowed to invest or like a cap on like the highest amount? How does that work to, when you're raising funds? Um, we try not to let anybody put in more than 10% of the overall raise. Okay. So then that, that, that starts to swing the votes, if you will, or you want, you, and so we try to, we try not to let anybody have more than 10% ownership, even as, as the general partners don't have more than 10% ownership. That way we can spread it around to the parties and the, 
the typical least amount in is between twenty-five and fifty thousand dollars, so people can actually get started. And most of the uh, raises we do are what's called a five hundred six B, which means like you and I today having a conversation, I could send you my five hundred six B offerings uh, as opposed to a five hundred six C, which means you have to be an accredited investor, which means you have to have a higher right. worth and whatnot, and you actually have to get verified by a third party. So I prefer the five hundred six Bs. I've done one 506C and it was the hardest one. And it's the most costly to us right. as partners to actually manage. No, no, I've heard about it. I got a couple people that do that, those those type with accredited investors. Huh, awesome. Well, let me ask you, I see on, for the people that are watching the podcast and won't see this on uh, on video on YouTube, they won't see your your background, but it looks like you got a ton of like name badges back there. Is, is are those like from going to seminars and stuff? They are a hundred percent from going to education. This is like my college degree, if you will. My goodness, uh, my, my 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 masters. That's um, amazing. I, absolutely, and I'm all I'm all about personal development and increasing my uh, my knowledge base. So then, when I bring an investment to a pool of investors that they understand that I know what I'm talking about when I bring it to them and that I personally have my own skin in the game before I actually bring an investment to anybody. My goodness. That's uh, how many, that looks like about a hundred plus. That looks like There's a lot. Probably about 70 there. That probably represents uh, almost I would, I want to say half a million or something, probably closer to a million dollars in investment. The Tony, the Tony Robbins, there's oh, three of, of those yeah. at $85,000 a crack. Plus then you travel to all the events. So those are, that was the most expensive. The least expensive is like 30, 30 grand for a mastermind. So they're pricey, but you know what? You're paying for specialized education in your yes. niche. Mm -hmm. And so that you can, uh, and I do this more for education and relationships, not necessarily to find investors. So, anyone that you have on that wall that you regret paying for or going to? No. No, they're all good then. If you see multiples, yeah. that's because they are really good. If you don't, if you see them once, uh, there was enough education. There was, there was worth it to try it once hmm. just to get the another perspective. And not all of them are not all of them need renewing because some of them have yeah. different flavors, if you will. Yeah, not are all not all are created equal. You know, uh, there's that's way right. better ones than the other ones. Well, hey, uh, let let the audience know where they can reach out to you if they got twenty, you know, got money they want to invest. They're not sure where to put it. They can trust that you've spent the time and the effort to vet these deals before you even bring it to them. Is that kind of the the game? plan that you would want people to go through is just bring come to you if they they want to invest 100 they can reach out and uh there's a number of ways and i'm gonna i'm gonna give you my cell phone number and then i'll give you my email and uh my word my word for the year for 2023 and 2024 is be available because i want to be available to people that are looking to expand because I didn't Amazing. have this. I'm 55 years old and I've only been in the multifamily game for about four years. I wish I'd have known at 51 what I know now at yeah. 35. I would, I, we, we probably wouldn't be here today. Or I'd be out on a beach someplace for the rest of my life. Right. So my cell phone, 509-270-6701. Shoot me a text. Let's jump on a call or reach out to me directly on my email at Mike, Michael, excuse me, Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L at Pacific capital llc.com that's michael at pacific capital llc.com and my uh website specific capital llc.com so reach out or check out my uh website to see what we've been up to what we're up to and happy to uh connect at any point in time that is very generous of you to be available because a lot of people aren't available 
<laughs> so that's amazing. Yeah. How's that been? Have you been, I bet you've been pretty busy, huh? I've been super busy. I have a really good friend. Uh, you may know who it is and they, I don't, you don't have to publish this part, but his name's Brandon Turner, uh-huh. Bigger Pockets, And yeah. we're in a mastermind together. And when I told him my word was be available, he goes, I haven't answered my phone personally for over four years because yeah. you call his number, you get all of his assistance. Of and I'm course. Like, how do you, how do you get it? He goes, I just advertise on Facebook and Instagram for my raises uh, and on all my stuff, 506 C and uh, spends a truckload of money on ads. And that's how he raises money. Yeah. And that's yeah. not the way I do it. I like the more interaction. I want people to know if something's going wrong, the buck stops here. You can reach out to me at any point in time and get a hold of me. And I'm here to answer for you for what I'm uh, investing in. Well, I'm sure that's going to attract the right people that you want to work with because I'm that would be type I am. I want to talk to who, you know, who the guy. I don't want to just give money and just pray and hope it works out, you know? <laughs> hope is not a strategy. Yes, yes. Well, hey, Michael, it's been a pleasure having you on here. Uh, Painless Flipping, uh, Investor Thrive is my company, so Investor Thrive Nation. Please reach out to Michael um, if you have any uh, needs for investing your money. I know you do. I know a lot of people that listen have, uh, you know, want to get into real estate. And you don't have to be a wholesaler, fix and flip to to get in real estate. You can invest it with other people that know what they're doing. So go check them out. And uh, Michael, anything else you want to leave with uh, before we we head out? Uh, One thing I did learn from some other uh, wholesalers and flippers it's they flip for invest in one. And when they when they said invest in one, they either keep one of that they flip that they were gonna flip and put renters in it or take the money from that one and invest it in the, in an alternative and asset, i.e. multifamily, big duplexes or stuff of that nature, so that they're actually growing their cash. Agreed. If you get in the the hamster wheel of just wholesaling everything, you're just uh create and I, I've been there, you're just creating a monster that uh at the end of anything, at the end of it all, you won't have any wealth built. You just have a ton of money that is cycled through. So definitely uh, you want to build wealth. So thank you, Michael. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much. 